Welcome back, Dreadfuls. You're listening to another episode of Left 4 Dread, the horror podcast for everyone from newbies to fanatics. We are not a spoiler-free podcast, so make sure you've seen the movie or movies we're talking about before you listen. I'm one of your hosts, Rai. And I'm your other host, Chris. And Rai, Gabriel, Gabriel is is here, no. but not here. No. It is also no. the devil. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I can't. It's time to cut out the cancer. We're talking about malignant <laughs> from 2021. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about this movie. <laughs> uh, I have I have lots of feelings, but I feel like this is a inverse of um the the X 20 or 2022 episode. Probably. I have no doubt. Let's, we're going to hit the ground running. I'm going to start off with the synopsis because we just need to like literally cut this out and get, get into it. Madison is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking dreams are in fact terrifying realities. You're right. It is terrifying and not in the best way possible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, so this movie, Malignant, came out in 2021. Uh, by our boy, by, James Wan. Yes, and um, screenplay by Akila Cooper, based on a story co-written, or I guess co-developed by James, Ingrid Bisu, and Cooper, again. Uh, and you have um, the, the main cast, uh, you have Annabelle Wallace as Madison, or Maddie, um, Maddie Hassan as Sydney Lake, uh, one of the one of the cops. Uh, the other um, beat cop, George Young as Detective Kakoa Shaw. Oh no, so, I'm sorry. Sydney Sydney Lake was the best friend. The other cop was played by Michelle Brianna White. Uh, their name is Detective Regina Moss. And uh, this movie was interesting. What was the, what was the word you used? It was a spectacle. It was a spectacle. It was a spectacle to behold because I, I, I will say this movie, despite, um, all, I think it, I think it by now it made back its budget. So it's technically profitable and it did receive generally positive reviews from critics. I will say this is not a good movie objectively. However, it is a lot of fun, and I th- it, I think it's one of those so bad it's good summer blockbuster films. This is one of those Chris movies. It's what it's <laughs> it's a Chris movie. You you have to turn your brain off and just just drink in the spectacle because James Wan goes balls to the wall goes goes for broke. On all like the visual effects and like the cinematography, uh, like so the practical effects, I think is is very visually impressive. The story though, oh, uh, does my not make fucking sense. Fucking god, have- <laughs> the story. Okay, here's the thing. Chris is right. The everything visually was was stunning. The kills brutal. I think that there were definitely elements of this that I enjoyed. Spectacle again. That's a word that you can use for this (laughs) lots of eye candy yeah but the movie we were texting in the beginning we were we were texting but we were at two very different points in the movie so the first time i texted you was literally like five minutes into the movie okay when you texted me i was like halfway through yeah i figured Um, based on like the answers that you gave me. And then as I got closer, I sort of understood what you were talking about. Here's the thing. When it comes to like paranormal and supernatural horror movies, 
No matter how they explain things, there's normally a trajectory I can follow as the viewer where they try to take you from point A to point B. I could not follow shit about this movie. Oh, I agree. I agree. Like the, the plot was very disjointed and jer janky and there, there, certain plot threads just didn't make sense. It didn't go anywhere. But here's the thing. There was a realistic way. I realize what I'm saying when I say realistic. There, there is, there was a realistic way he could have done this movie that could have maintained all of the scares. All of this stuff could have been maintained and could have been done effectively. But he... He wanted to do something that was outside of the box, something outside of a haunted house movie. And I respect that. But this is so beyond. I agree. I, th I feel like there's a lot of style over substance. Um, so, for for example, the beginning of the film, I, I, I kept saying this repeatedly. It's, it's hard for me to call this a horror film because much of the film is not scary it i mean there's there's obviously jump scares and like those classic horror movie tropes like someone's in a dark hallway and they're saying hello and they don't turn on the lights like a sensible person would do i mean yes there's there's the psychological horror aspect of it like she is for a vast majority of the movie being psychologically tortured and that's that is a very real asset but I even said to Chris I was like is this supposed to be about like sleep paralysis because I was getting I've had episodes of sleep paralysis and some of her episodes in this movie I was getting a lot of like waking nightmare sleep paralysis vibes from it so that was done very fucking well it was very accurate um but I, it's not it's it's not like the standard horror you're looking for. If anything, I, I kept saying it, this is like a Paul W.S. Anderson film, like Resident Evil uh, or, in, or, or, or Underworld. It's like it's there's horror elements, but there's a uh, there's a lot of like tropes of like action and noir that, that you that makes it not as scary as it should be and uh you know especially in the third act we'll get to the third act the this the the this there's one extended 10 minute scene in the police station where it's just a hundred percent paul ws anderson like style action and it's i i drank it all up it was amazing i spent most of this movie with my jaw just on the ground i was I I know Chris was hardcore entertained by this. I think I was flabbergasted would be a great word to describe my reaction to this. And, movie. and, and you you get that feeling literally in the first five minutes. Like the first five minutes, it's it's like it it spoke to me as Gabriel controls electricity. How? I, yeah. woo, woo, they never explain that part. The 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 tone going to the movie is like oh shit! Like it's jumping the shark. At minute one, and it, it because like it it the beginning to me it it's it felt like a it felt like a sci-fi original. It gave me such hope, but it first of all it got fucking ruined when they like they you they take you behind the curtain and there's like a radioactive symbol and all this shit and I was just like what the fuck is going on, but they sort of ruin it by showing it to you. And then I was like, whole, and then this is where, this is literally five minutes in where I texted Chris and I said, is this called malignant because Gabriel is a malignant tumor that somehow, like, I, like they literally just show it to you. You called it really early because, and I was like, oh yeah, maybe is this, does this have to do with like a conjointed twin kind of thing? And exactly that's, that's what happens. Here's the thing. And again, I said this already and you're going to probably, I'm sorry, you're going to get sick of listening to me say this. But again, like I can normally follow a trajectory of point A to point B. There was an element of this movie that could have been done, that could have been done realistically enough to create the world that this movie has, even with all the fantastical effects, minus the 10 minute extended police scene. But oh, but thing, that's that's a no, masterpiece. Mm, no, mm, it's a masterpiece that belongs in a different fucking movie. No. Yes, but <laughs> but the the electricity thing never gets explained, never gets addressed. I don't understand why that happens. 
and why it can happen. I feel like James Wan took all of his favorite visual cues or cinematic cues and just threw and just them put into, into a blender. Like, yeah, like, like the beginning, the beginning of this like starts out like your standard like sci-fi horror. Which is a totally different movie from the rest of this movie. Yeah, and then and then and then goes into like this really great title card sequence, like straight out of like David Fincher, like like perfect, or like, it was or like, perfect. Or like or, yeah, or a lot or like Dexter, like these like super super wide close zooms of like of like surgery and like all these documents and redacted redacted files. Materials. Uh, I mean, yeah. Kiss, Chef's Kiss, fantastic, yeah. but so good. Chris is right. It was like he tossed everything in a blender and whatever came out, he threw the elements into a movie. But there were parts of it that were completely disjointed and did not feel like I was watching the same movie. And it was very hard. For example, like all, all the electricity stuff, like, like you know, I, I, I was like, OK, so this is like poltergeist because you see like this weird like the TV goes on and off. And and he talks through the radio and like controls the lights and- the fridge opens by itself and it's like and then it becomes like very stranger things-esque you know with like 11 and like that itself is a pastiche of so many other tropes like you know poltergeist and firestarter and carrie um all rolled into one but like and so you see all all that on this screen uh and then you throw in (laughs) you throw in like action parkour chris parkour yeah, par- parkour, yeah, parkour does exist. We'll get to that. But at the same time, you really see, you see like James, like, like pick and choose all these cinematic elements. Like, for example, like, you know, like he's also cannibalizing his own stuff. Like the Gabriel Maddie character or creature. Um, you know, I cannot stop thinking about um, Jigsaw's costume design with like the robe and like the the pig face and the long hair but it's or, or and, and, and a callback to like samara from the ring or sadako or the grudge or all those like classic uh what's the name oh i, I don't remember the name of like the japanese yokai but it's like basically that trope of like of a of a japanese spirit with long hair um so very creepy and like but also putting like a, a literal twist on it like the thing would just walk backwards and contort itself like so you get some body horror which i ate up i ate that up too but again they're they're, they're, like it was so unrealistic and i realize Uh, i'm asking for realism in a horror movie but i'm asking for realism in the sense of because i know how that sounds like grounded the logic of the world exactly in the world that it's building it needs to be grounded in the realism of the world that you're watching it's like okay like you i think the the movie's just asking just roll with it like yes gabriel this conjoined twin that got absorbed through the body has electro powers has psychic powers it can also like manipulate and distort reality and can throw people to mind prisons it's it's like dnd bullshit i love it but but he wasn't absorbed. So here's the thing. So so part of this and and we'll we'll as soon as we're done ranting about all of this because I know Chris isn't done. There <laughs> is a there is a, a real medical aspect to this, and what Chris is saying I, I I have learned I have read far too much about this topic than I ever cared to know. Um, but what Chris is saying is actually a very different kind of of twin. That ex- then exists in the movie. Again, I read way too much about this, and I don't. I'm hoping I just forget all this information. No, 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 no. The Gabriel is medically accurate. It, 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 it exists. But James Wan would lie to us. No. Okay, I got some major biblical vibes from the sword that he made from her trophy. What the fuck was that? Uh, like very, uh... I don't know why I got biblical vibes from it. Probably because, like, I I don't know. I don't know. What, like Cain and Abel? Like the first fratricide? The first murder kind of thing? Yeah, I I don't know. I just got, like, some... I don't know. It was weird. I was like, why does this feel biblical in some weird... I don't understand. That's... That's interesting you went that way. My... My... Thought or brain... Went the went in like a slightly in a different direction. So I don't know if this was intentional subtext or maybe I'm just thinking too much about it. But 
is malignant a story about 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 like you know uh women having a- autonomy over their own body or like like or, or, or being pro-choice because like because yeah because yeah because you see this entire film where maddie like all she wants is to have a baby to have like a like a biological baby to establish a connection biologically through her fit because like all of her life she's been lied to she thinks her mom's dead you know she's adopted and she wants you know uh, a child of her own i mean yeah she had a sister but there weren't biologically related yeah uh what's her name sydney sydney uh is uh, her adoptive daughter or or um, yeah sydney's her adopted sister she's uh, adopted maddie. She, yes yeah, maddie yes or aka emily i don't know why they had to change her fucking name that i don't know. just just throw as an names. adopted person i don't understand that but okay i will we'll just just yeah just watch like just roll with it but uh, but uh, going back to Maddie, so Maddie's in this space where she wants a child. She has attempted to get children like multiple times. She's she's had three miscarriages in two years. You have the movie starts out with this abusive boyfriend who's like, you know, the trigger warning. It's very. I mean, the the, the entire inciting incident and conflict starts out with this shitty husband like batter, battering battering his wife battering Maddie. Um, um, and so it's, so there's that angle. And then the, the, the rest of the story is about, um, this invisible force, this parasitic force. You, you could, you could take that back and say, maybe it's like the, the toxic masculinity of American society or, or conservative Christianity trying to control people's bodies, which is, you know, hashtag two reels very, very prevalent right now, you know, with the Supreme Court stuff that happened a couple of weeks ago. And you see Maddie trying to fight this dis- disgusting masculine force that's trying to control her body, trying to, you know, like literally, literally control her body and literally take away their children, you know, because like all of we were we see that gabriel has absorbed all of her fetuses causing the miscarriage so it's like i was like is this some crazy commentary on like women's reproductive health and freedom and the autonomy and ability to control their own bodies and and like not be persecuted or haunted over this toxic masculinity force over the decisions that you ha- that you make as a as a potential mom or whether you know I love that that's the way you're looking at it. I don't, again, I don't know that, I don't know this at the actual subtext. I think you're giving James Wan way too much credit. I don't think that that was the subtext at all. Um, but I love that. I mean, it, 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 I feel like the, the threads are there. I don't know. I, to me, it just, this movie doesn't strike me as that deep because, uh, but yeah, but that's, that's what I was thinking about. I love that that's where your head's at, though. And I think that there is a world where you can, especially at the end when she, like, reclaims the situation and, like, reclaims his mind games and stuff like that. And I think that there is a world where you can look at it through that lens. And I think that that in and of itself is incredibly powerful and appropriate, especially for now. But again, I do think you're giving James Wan way too much credit. I do not think that was the intended subtext at all. I mean, if it was, James Wan, you know, tweet at us. Let us know. <laughs> Get in the comments. Please don't tweet at us after I'm I'm going to rip this apart. I'm going to rip this apart like a smidge. No, 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 no. Let it all out. Like, what what bothered you most about this movie? Parkour! Why can't Game of Parkour? Why? Are we getting? Are we getting? We're getting into it now. Okay, awesome. We have to get into it now. That way, I can backtrack and explain why I know way too much about parasitic twins because I it's looked just, it up for this. It's just stuck this. in your head. You got to get Gabriel out. I have to get it out. Yes. Um. So the scene that I think made this movie for Chris is what threw me completely out of it. There is an extended ten-minute fight scene. A fight. Yes, you heard that correctly. It's a fight so scene. good. <laughs> In the police station in the middle of a horror movie where Gabriel, 
who Madison is just not home at this point. Gabriel is doing fucking parkour off the ceiling, all hopping over fucking police desks like some Spider-Man shit, uh, like all over it's the police so station. It's so good. I, it's so, so good we, for Chris and so bad for Ryan. <laughs> like, I can't leading, do it. Leading up to this, you have like the, the third act twist, or I guess the third act reveal. It was, it was completely bonkers. The whole... We also called it. We also called it the beginning because of the film. Because they showed it figured- to you. And that's what I don't understand. Like, I understand sort of... So, okay. In The Invisible Man, they showed you the the horror. And then they gave you the twist at the end. Like, you knew it was him. You knew it was there. That You knew that there was, like, a suit. You saw the elements. You knew everything. It was right there in front of you. And I think that there is a way to show... To show you something, like, say, this is exactly what's going to happen, and then feed you doubt and proof and doubt and proof throughout the entire movie, and then come back to it full circle and be like, we showed you this, now it's coming back. And again, there is a delicate balance to cater to when all of that happens again there is a way to like show you that and it's a common thing in movies hey this is a thing that's gonna happen you watch the movie and it brings it back and you're like oh shit that's right they did show this to us like we knew we should have like remembered that this was coming but the way they did it in this movie it was just too if they had just stopped on gabriel and like moved on to the opening credits, it would have been one thing. But they show them to you, and then they show her. They show the doctor saying it's time to cut out the cancer. Yeah, they're they're laying it on a little thick. They they should have held their cards close to their chest. Because had because by the time the tape comes back at the end, where it says it's time to cut out the cancer after everything is revealed, it would have been much more effective. I think the electricity thing and the parkour thing still make no goddamn sense. I uh, but you got you got to get something for the summer blockbuster crowd, you know. <laughs> but it would have. But honestly, again, like there was a real, a quote unquote, realistic way to to achieve all of this to still have all of that in this movie, and I will I will get to it. But a ten minute extended scene where the fucking twin is doing parkour with his twin's body. Oh. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I was like, yes, James Wan, channel, channel your Paul W.S. Anderson, channel all that shit, put it to my veins. Chris, what was it? What was it doing in the movie though? What was it? Why was it there? What was the purpose? I don't, I don't care. I was like, oh, I, I'm ready for some body horror, and I got it, and I got, and I got, I got an action scene I did not expect, but I was like, holy shit, this is filmed really well. It was like John Wick on 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 oh paranormal God, yes. steroids. It was awful. It was John Wick with 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 Samara <laughs> from the ring. It was beautiful. So you, you so you, you get this reveal about the parasitic twin um, and how Gabriel is still part of Maddie and has been dormant uh, and um, but. But Gabriel has been siphoning off and feeding off her body to gain to grow stronger. So that's a way to explain like her I- increased powers. You're forgetting the the penultimate moment of all of this. Not only was that part of the call, his whole reawakening and why we were for you blessed with this movie. Yes, is because when the husband throws her against the wall and she hits her head. It, it wakes up the parasitic twin and he's like, oh, my time has come. It knocks him loose. It basically, yeah, exactly. It literally knocks his ass loose. And it wants revenge. And and it starts doing like a serial killer of everyone who was, a, who was tied to its medical procedure 30 years ago. And then we cut to the prison scene where it wants out. It wants to kill. That was, okay, I will give James Wan that. That was great. That was so that was cool. twisted shit and it was cool. I thought it was still very visually effective. My God, the body if horror. That had been the body horror, like, quote-unquote, fight scene of the film, it would have been perfect and fine. But it, it kept it kept going. <laughs> it kept going! And he had... It's like... Okay, if John Wick died, went to hell, and John Constantine threw his soul back up into the universe, and, and he possessed Samara from the ring, 
That was the 10 minute fight yes. scene from the police station. Yes. Sir. And we didn't need it. And we didn't need it. No, we I did not need it. it, Chris. Chase Plot made this movie for me. So you see, <laughs> you see, like, she's stuck in a prison, and then Zoe Bell, Zoe Bell of all people, played, uh, like, this. They start beating her up, and 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 Gabriel's like, "Oh, I'm gonna take over. I'm the I'm the I'm the driver now." And she gets up, and she's turning her back, and you see she's like ripping over the back of her head, and you see like it's like Voldemort and Quirrell. You see like this cre- yeah. this creepy face come out of her scalp, and her body starts distorting, and she's just wrecking face killing people while while her body's backwards because it can only see via line of sight but it, it is so insanely fast so insanely strong knocks out a, 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 instantly mercs a cop and gets free and then they cues to this beautiful bombastic amazingly shot like again like rise totally right it's like matrix and john wick and with samara and she's just and spider-man she's just parkouring jumping around the room just being a whirling dervish of death taking down everyone it's like yes i need this this is awesome and it was it was like i was just full god i was like story no no more story i don't care give me more of this it was beautiful. I wanted to die because I thought it was so stupid. <laughs> it was so good. You just got to turn your brain off. Chris, my brain went into hibernation during this movie and I still could not find a reason for that fight scene. <laughs> you got you to gotta fill up time. You know, you, you got you to gotta keep the audience guessing and on the edge of the seat. I was I was back in the couch at one point. It's like, point. oh, no. I was, forget the edge of my seat. I slunk into the couch. I I was so flabbergasted by that scene. Chris, you should have, I wish you were a fly on the wall in our apartment. So good. I was watching that sequence. I don't think I could have picked my jaw up off the floor if I tried because I was so confused. I loved it. Again, this is, this is not uh, not tied to any objective truth. So good. <laughs> this is absolute Chris Fodder. Like it's, he, this yes, is, yeah. This is my if movie. If you if you want to plant a trap for Chris, start playing that least just even the t- the ten minute police se- the police station fight scene, yes. and he'll come running. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's a Chris trap. Tell me there's like a 30 minute cut of that scene. <laughs> oh, I'm there. <laughs> there weren't any more cops left. How? Like... The police scene and like, I think the, the entirety of the movie maybe made it apparent to me, but um, the the supporting cast, quote unquote, uh, are the two cops who are trying to figure out everything, connected dots. Uh, you have Detective Kokoa Shaw and Detective Regina Moss. And... They're going for like this pseudo gritty buddy cop kind of relationship. And I really enjoyed their actors. I enjoyed their performance. I did not think they were written well. And and I did not think they... I did enjoy seeing an Asian guy as like the lead cop. Like yeah. a young Asian guy. Which I was like, okay, uh, great, cool, love it. I love that it's not two curmudgeon old white guys like leading this. Yeah. It is an African American, it's a black woman and an Asian guy. Done. Very fucking cool. And I like their dynamic. Like, like Kokoa, he's like the straight man, like by the book. And uh, Regina Moss is like, like the the grizzled salt and pepper, uh, uh, and a person on the force who has more experience, has seen, seen more stuff. I love their dynamic. They were not written well because they're not written to be effective. Like they get, I mean, I guess to sell the the terror of how powerful Gabriel is. Like, uh, Kokoa could not shoot for shit. Regina, she gets, she gets sliced in the stomach and like, she's about like 10, 15 feet away with a shotgun, could not get a single hit off on, on Gabriel slash Maddie. And well, Gabriel was doing parkour. Yeah. It's a moving target. They don't practice that. When, no. You know, you have to like go to the gun range to get your permit. It's stationary. Yeah. And then they, and then they get their ass handed to him as as Maddie hurls a, a chair or table across the By room. By a disjointed parasitic twin. Two cops got their ass. A whole entire, not just the two entire cops, precinct. The entire fucking police The entire station, precinct. The entire precinct got their asses handed to him by some raggedy Ann looking motherfucker. Yeah. 
Like, I'm sorry. I just, I hate that. I really hate that scene. <laughs> no. And it was Chris's favorite part of the movie. Oh, but Gaber, Gaber gives her power. <laughs> the power of parkour. He's powered by stem cells. <laughs> I just like, it was so, it really, it was so, it was so unrealistic. And I realize I'm saying that in a movie that is about a parasitic twin. Yeah. And Chris will let me know when it's time for the science of that because it's a, it is a real thing. It is a real, it is a real thing. You, you gotta check, you gotta check your scalp every night it is a real thing but I, I i could not wrap my head around the electricity and the parkour of it all and the parkour was like a massive part of it even before the the police station when the in the fights the chase scene the chase scene the the chase scene kakoa just straight up running after uh maddie or slash gabriel and gabriel is just running First of all, they're running backwards and, and they're, they're like knocking, knocking down like grates and brick walls uh, and they're just sliding through. And, and like Kokoa gets his ass handed to him. And I was like, you should be a more competent cop. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe Seattle's not equipped for this. Uh, I mean, I know crime exists anywhere, but maybe maybe crime is soft in Seattle. I don't know. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I really wish... Kakoa and Regina were more competent because I really like those characters. I really like the, their their how they were portrayed, but they just the story. They're just so limited and they're so useless. They are utterly useless, utterly useless as cop. I mean, I realize that you know I I think this is forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think this is also sort of a trope, especially when it comes to like supernatural and paranormal horror. Cops are often quite useless in those movies, and I think it's like a thing. Because you're not dealing with science and logic, you're dealing with the supernatural and the paranormal. So yes, cops are going to be useless. But these guys were like utterly shit. They 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 have. I feel like had you taken them out or even minimized or like limited their presence in the movie, with or without them, I don't know how much impact. Like I don't know how much impact they had on the movie other than just to have another body there. I thought they were pretty incompetent detectives because like it was clearly staring in their face. Like no, that can't be it. That can't be it. It, it only took it took like literally having like a hypnotherapist and you know some, and like someone falling through the roof or the attic to be like oh maybe we should look into maddie uh maybe she is up to something and it's like you had all this evidence and clues before and you just like you didn't do anything with it so maddie's sister was a better detective than the two cops honestly yeah yeah and like well and and, and sydney as well sydney sydney was like the one person who went to the in, the, the Simeon Institute as like, why aren't the cops doing this? Like, like Sydney's doing your job. What the hell? <laughs> I could have done without the police station. I could have done without the cops too. I just, yeah. I think it was essential. I think the, another thing about the, the cop B plot that they tried doing something with, but I guess they dropped the ball or they just like cut it out is the romantic subplot between Kakoa and the evidence lady oh what's her name it's it's like the it's like the she she was the police consultant who worked on evidence and she had glasses and they clearly had a thing for each other but like uh but like she didn't really do anything and like it's like wh wh why why is she here she was useless too well sh that's the girl that the that co-wrote the story oh interesting okay so she wrote herself into the story Apparently. But she didn't really do much. Like, like she she was there as comedy relief, and she was there during a spooky scene where Madison slash Gabriel breaks into the evidence locker room, get, grabs their coat and their the, the, the trophy knife, and leaves. And that's pretty much all she does. It's like, you know, like, I could have done without her because she didn't really contribute anything in, except for, like, a protagonist romance B plot, but like, they just dropped that immediately. But like, they flirted. They 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 didn't really flirt. They were they just like exchanged like warm smiles at each other, uh, like early in the scene, and then Regina gives Kakoa shit about it, uh, and that's it. <laughs> and like, and then the flirting, any any uh, romantic chemistry, just just dead in the water. Yeah, I was like, okay, uh, that was a thing. 
It was about as useless as a plot device as parkour. So, right, I think I think we should we should we we're running hot on feelings and emotion. Let's take it back to cold hard science. What is the size of the parasitic twin? So there is uh, a form of parasitic twin called craniopagus parasiticus, and it basically means that you have a parasitic twin that grows out of your head. And a very famous uh, person of urban legend is Edward Mordrake. He supposedly had, according to legend, had a face in the back of his head that would talk to him. It was looked at uh, as a plot point in American Horror Story. He's known as the man with two faces. He committed suicide at the age of 23 because he would say that his twin, the, the his second face would whisper things to him and he wanted people to remove it to make it stop that plot point right there that could have been the whole movie instead of this disjointed weird thing you could have done something exactly like this and had him be a very realistic version of what a real parasitic twin is. That's just one form of a parasitic twin. I actually also found a CNN article from 2017 about a baby who had a parasitic twin, um, had two upper limbs, kind of like Gabriel, and two spines, and a secondary bladder that they removed. Uh, but again, like there are real, there are cases of parasitic twins in real life. And I think that there was a way that you could have done it that could have maintained the horror of all of this and, and could have been very effective and not goofy. Yeah. James was going for, sh James is going for schlock. Cause like I, again, practical effects. I loved like the fully formed Gabriel. It's like this disgusting, fleshy mound with with like like art like like spindly, thin arms and legs and like a like a mouth at the back of her head, and I was like, oh, this is such great. I don't I don't know if that was like practical or CGI or a mix of both, but I love the look. Um, but like they went, they again, they swung for the faces. They, they wanted schlock. They're they're like, this is our this is our true big bad. And oh no, he's still inside our head the entire time. Quite literally. I mean, I wouldn't. I I loved you. They almost had it when they were suggesting like Gabriel says things to me and he does this and he does that and like you see her standing over her mom's pregnant belly with the knife and then she starts screaming and all of that. That had an element of this very real medical condition, like very real medical condition of like a parasitic twin, and like that combination of like a sleep paralysis moment. Or like a waking nightmare moment. Those two things together could have functioned very well in a horror movie. But because they had to keep up the electricity bit, then they had him talk to her through toys and stuff like that. Which again, I think that that by itself is a totally different movie. There's a great creepy moment where you hear the kid's fake telephone, to like toy telephone ringing. And I thought that that was a really creepy moment too. But it just feels like it belongs in a different movie. Craniopagus parasitius is... Like I said, a real form of a parasitic of a parasitic twin of parasitic twinning. It occurs in about two to three of every like five million births, so it's very, very, very rare. It still can happen. I th what Chris was talking about earlier was, <clears throat> I think, what they call a vanishing twin. So there's parasitic twins, there's vanishing twins, and conjoined twins. So parasitic twins is what this movie sort of like jumped around. But a vanishing twin is where you can confirm two fetuses, but later there's only one because the second twin gets absorbed by the first one. So Gabriel never got absorbed because they're parasitic twins. They're not vanishing. Again, why do I, why do I know all of this? I need this information to leave my body when this episode's over. Because science... There is a very real horrifying element to actual, to the actual science of like being pregnant and like being a mom and all that shit. You could have done so much with this that I think he just like went, like Chris said, he went for the schlock and gave Gabriel a raggedy and disjointed body, which again made for great body horror. But those three things in this movie felt like they 
they were disjointed. They didn't work. It felt like I was watching three different, there are three different movies in one. Yeah, I get that. It, it's, it, I think it didn't quite know what path to take. And take a step back, go back to the cutting board and figure it the fuck out. I mean, you, you could have had a totally different movie just about the pregnancies and like the, the disappearing failed pregnancies and like what whatever horror you 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 could spin out of that like they they in a in a way to explain Gabriel yes okay scientifically it's this parasitic twin but it's also the devil and like the and Maddie called it the devil a couple times and she's surrounded by this weird phenomena like the electricity and speaking through the radios so you could go through for like a religious supernatural horror bent where maybe she maybe in a separate movie like i will call it something else like in utero and 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 like maddie is actually possessed by a devil and the devil is some malevolent force that's eating the pregnant children and it's getting stronger and stronger and you know she has to come to grips with that maybe she talk maybe she's exhausted every single uh site uh biological uh or doc she she consults every doctor no one can explain why she's failing to be failing to come to term so and she's seeing like all this weird demonic shit so she goes to a priest uh and they the maybe kakoa could be the priest or maybe he could be like the younger apprentice to a seat or like a like a younger like deacon and then you could have like this really cool possession exorcism demonology kind of story um that's one avenue or you could go full hard science um where like you could keep it more grounded quote unquote but and maybe take out the the weird staticky electricity stuff um you could lean more into the body horror like like you see hands coming out of her back um and and like like less about like the supernatural poltergeisty stranger things kind of stuff but james wan was like i want all of it i want all of it see what sticks i just there are a lot of elements of this movie that i could have done without you know yeah the story of edward mordray again not real story real medical condition horror movie that could have had real horrific element like i i have a funny feeling that let's say a different director did this movie like cronenberg cronenberg would have done really great things with this film right and it would have still had some sort of medical like rabid there's still some sort of medical anomaly presence whatever like like explanation for things he doesn't just do things to do them there's still some sort of like purpose behind it and that's what i thought that this was really sort of like lacking the amount of times that tom came in and out of the room and i looked at him and i said i don't know what the fuck i'm watching (laughs) <laughs> this is movie over this movie's only this movie, this movie was almost two hours long it did not feel like two hours i'll be honest it didn't it, w- it went very quick but i i did not enjoy this as much as chris did there there were parts of it that i thought were well executed and well done but all in all i i would not watch this again i know chris would at least watch the 10 minutes of the police station fight. It's on HBO Max. I can just forward, fast forward to this police scene. But again, like, yeah, I have an incredibly low bar for entertainment sometimes, which makes me, which makes people not trust my opinion on movies. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I, as I, this movie has definite flaws. Yeah. But to me, the flaws sort of were pushed out to the forefront more than the rest of the movie. Like I try to go in, I try to go in blind to a lot of things and I try to just sort of like let my mind go and let my mind wander, especially with horror. I don't think I could with this. And I've seen the movie Society. You want to talk about something that's like bizarro world, especially the last like 10 minutes of that movie? Shout out to Rain for showing me that movie, by the way. <laughs> I I can deal with even that, but this was like I, I couldn't could not follow it. Could not follow it. I, I, I do agree. Like this this movie 
I think it, it asks a lot of you in terms of like the suspension of belief because it drops so many uh, plot points or, or drops so many plot threads. It doesn't really explain uh, like the, the electricity or the superhuman strength or the parkour or why... Why? Why was it so convoluted that you had to go through all these people, like like the the, the complicated family backstory and history of like uh, her or Maddie was secretly uh, uh or she was adopted and she never knew her parents. She has a mental block of her head. Oh, her name is actually Emily Lake. Oh, her mother's actually still alive after all these years. Uh, and she's, but she still lives in the same city. It's just hurdle after hurdle after hurdle, and a lot of it just felt unnecessary. It's like find things that you can tie together that work and and we sort of go with that i said this at the beginning and i know i've said this a couple of times again usually i can follow a trajectory of a movie because they tie things together in a way that makes sense for the world that the movie is in and i can follow things from point a to point b to point c to the end of the movie you can't this is so all over the place there are parts of this that are so all over the place that's a, a lot of it feels unnecessary. If you had taken the electricity bit out, fine. I could have, I think even with that and a couple of other minor like tweaks, I could have wrapped my head around the parkour thing. But there were just too many like out of the box things that just made no sense. Yeah, true, true facts. I, I, I think this movie, it, this movie, because of how it was designed, like it, it asks a lot of you, and it's it's up to your perf- personal preference at that point. Cause for me, uh, I was fully okay just abandoning and trying to figure out the plot, and because of the spectacle. Because like uh, like I said, I keep coming at that word. Cause like the 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 movie is beautifully shot. There's like some. There's definitely some visual cues and visual nods to uh, other films or previous films that James has worked in. And it, he's, he's also, like, really playing in the space to do some wild shit. Like, like uh, one of the coolest shots I loved was when Maddie... It's, like, halfway through the movie where Maddie's running through the house and you see her... Uh, you f- the camera is following her through the rooms and hallways of the house from a bird's eye view. Um, um, so like, you, you're you seeing basically through the ceiling of the house or the roof of the house and she's running through different rooms and I thought that was like a really cool, psychedelic, absurdist, surrealistic way to, to shoot that scene just to not only show that something is like stalking her something omniscient is following her and no matter how fast she runs or how many doors she hides behind something is after her or watching her and i felt that 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 visual language really sold that type of tone uh and then there's like all these other scenes where she's seeing the murders through gabriel's eyes and like she's stuck in this mind prison and it, it just this all the room is just bleeding away and just shifting it's like that is some really cool uh, effects and I was fully bought into the the visual eye candy, but that's not what Rye wants, and that's probably not what a lot of you uh, who are listening may want. I agree with what you said, though. Like there are some pretty fucking incredible visual elements of this movie. That entire scene you described, I loved that. There are just certain things that like I couldn't buy. And what makes horror effective to me is my ability, based on what I'm watching, to have that moment of suspension of, of belief, of disbelief, and I can like really immerse myself and lose myself in what I'm watching. That, that lets me be scared. That lets me be affected by that movie. Those elements to the movie, yes, I had moments where I was affected by that. But when you put it together with everything else that you watched, it really just wasn't for me. This is a movie that I would put on and watch someone else watch because I would be curious to see how they would be able to take in this movie. I don't think I could sit there and like watch it again or if I did, I would have to like be doing something else while I'm watching it. I can't devote my full attention to it because it just, I would get too wrapped up into 
the elements that don't make sense. I totally get that. Like, I, again, the plot, <laughs> there are... I liked Blair Witch 2, for Christ's yeah. sake. I can, like, I can deal with schlocky and stupid and find a way around it, no matter how idiotic it is. I just think that there were two... Chris said it in the in the beginning. It's like he threw everything in a blender, and the meaty bits that fell out of the blender, that's what he created. And it just... I had such high hopes for this movie, and I felt really... Not super disappointed, but I was I was disappointed. I was let down. I had high hopes. It's a word, and like we're such big fans of of James Wan. Yeah, don't mistake my reaction to this to to like shit all over this man. I love James Wan. I really do. That's why I was excited about this movie. I saw the trailer in theaters. I was like, that looks fucking great. The trailer yeah. made this movie look terrifying. I I mean, you it's 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 interesting to see what what is left uh left out or put into a trailer and like, you know, making a trailer is is it's its own art form cuz like you you have to ride the balance of like, okay, there these couple of shots are like the the the, mo- the the shots that will cinch people in, but you also don't want to like reveal too much. You don't want people to like be misled. But it's so, but like you know, it's all subjective, right? And so like people will take away different things from it. Um, so I, I feel I'm sorry that Rod that you felt like you were robbed out of a a different James Wan film. Yeah, I feel like I was robbed of an original James Wan experience, and that really bums me out. Because, like he said, this wasn't... He wanted to do something original and different. He didn't want to do something that was part of a franchise or a sequel or anything like that. That original IP, like, um, I, I know someone was asking him if this was based on, like, a comic book called The Malignant Man, but, like, Jay was saying, no, this is something completely, completely original, completely new. Um, I guess leading up to this, like, uh, James Wan, I know he was, uh, I think he was working or developing a spinoff in the DC EU movies. It's like the trench or the reef or like some Aquaman spinoff about the creatures from that. So, yeah, so there was, I don't know if that's actually still happening, but like, what was James working on prior to Malignant? Because is this like his first like original IP film-ish? He was an EP on Archive 81. Oh shit! I love that show so much. I'm so, I'm so pissed off that Netflix canceled that show. That was so good. I know I know our friend Rain is a huge fan of the podcast. That could have been something else he was working on too. So there is an untitled original horror that is current that he's a producer on that is currently filming. Megan, what is Megan? Oh, that's that's like that's like Chucky 2.0. He wrote the story. Interesting. Okay, I'll you know what? I'll take a look at that. I, I find this interesting, so I'm just finding this now. So Atomic Monster, which is the film label that produced or released Malignant, it's his. So I guess he's branching out into more uh original stuff. So obviously Malignant, and he's he's co-producing a film adaptation of the slasher novel. There's Someone Inside Your House by Stephanie Perkins. I have no issue with James Wan taking on original material. I think it's amazing when directors get to do what they want, which is take on original source material or things that they've had their eye on forever, but they have to do the things that appease Hollywood and do all this shit. I I love, 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 love that. I really do. I'm sure to be able to do his original stuff, they're like, well, you have to give us a sequel to this, that, and whatever, and play out this franchise. And that's why Insidious is getting a fifth movie and the nun is getting another one and the conjuring got four movies and i'm sure that that was all part and parcel and and of why he's getting to do all of this stuff i just was a little disappointed with the execution of this one that's all yeah what can you do i'm not saying i could have done it better because i don't i don't think i could have but as a fan yeah as a fan like i i i still enjoyed james's work i i i think I think he used this film to test a lot of techniques, flex creative muscles, 
try to work on something new and original. Whether or not you think he was successful, that's one thing. But I think he, what he achieved here is a very visually entertaining and technically impressive film. A hundred, I uh, couldn't agree with you more. I could not agree with you more. But Ryan's devastated. Uh, I am. I'm really <laughs> fucking bummed, man. Uh, but you have to understand that. I, that this, this I hope is is how people are aware that like there were parts of this that I did enjoy that I'm just like super bummed by as a fan because of the amount of time that we have spent on this. That's how you know I didn't hate it that much. There were just elements that I was mad about. Because normally yeah. if we hate a movie, we would have been done with this episode already. <laughs> sure, for sure. Like, it was just... I, 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 think, I think James Wan, as a creative, like, he still has so much left to offer. And, like, I'm looking at, like, these projects he's working on. So, aside of what we, we talked about, he's also doing a TV adaptation of I Know What You Did Last Summer for Amazon Prime. Uh, he's doing a TV series based on an Italian horror comic series, comic series, Dylan dog. Uh, and he's also, Oh, back in 2020. I don't know if it's still happening or not. Uh, but he was working with universal to produce, uh, another modern remake of Frankenstein. Uh, you know, Frank, like, like uh, people are going to keep on making Dracula movies, vampire movies, might as well throw in Frankenstein as well. So very interested about that Frankenstein um, remake. I wonder if that Frankenstein is supposed to be part of this reawakening of the Universal Monster movie era. Like, the yeah, because like the... I thought Frankenstein was supposed to be next. Yeah, so... Visible Man came out in 2020. So it's been like two years already. The Mummy. Because we've had the. Well, The Mummy was supposed to be the resurgence of all yeah. this. We already know. And then, and then like Dracula <laughs> Untold. <laughs> what? And then, but they, they, they kicked out. They kicked out Dracula Untold, so... No, I thought I, I thought I read something the other day that was like, it's coming back or some shit. I don't know. Oh, shit. I mean, I guess it's kind of timely because World Dracula Day, as we're recording this, was yesterday or two days ago? Yesterday. I think it was two days ago. It was yesterday. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think... So I think I think we're... We beat, beat this dead horse... Uh, I think Ryan and needs parasitic to recuperate. Twin. <laughs> yes, we need to we need to reject and absorb this parasitic twin and put it into the mind prison that it should stay forever and evermore. <laughs> um, Ryan, any last thoughts and your rating for this film? I know that they sort of set up to have a sequel. Please don't. And I give it three out of five parasitic twins. Ooh. But only because I think the saving graces to this movie were how visually compelling some of some moments in this were and some of the horror elements for it. If it didn't have that, this would be getting a two from me. Okay. Uh, for me, I would give this... I don't know. I don't know if four, four trophy blades out of five is too generous for this film. So I'm going to give it like... A 3.8. I'm going to give it like a 3.8. Like yeah, three three and three fourths of a trophy blade out of five. Um, again, like all of Rise points, I completely agree with. Um, I just have this tolerance or this low bar where like I was just swept away by the visuals and uh, you know the parkour and the. Did not bother me at all. I I ate that shit up. I I ate that shit up because it just reminded me of of like some of the, my other favorite films. Like I, as much as I, you know, trash on it, I unironically love all of the Paul W S Anderson um, Resident Evil films. I love Underworld. I this gave me vibes of, of like Blade, where it's. You're you meant to take it seriously, but there's just so stuff which is just so bombastic and over the top. It's like okay, this is happening. Like Pearl the Vampire. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, I did not get Blade vibes from this <laughs> at all. I got disappointment vibes yes, from this. Yes. Um, so I'll stop. I'll stop ranting so we can give <laughs> Rye some respite. Um, 
But I'm very curious. <laughs> I'm very curious to hear, like, from every all of our dreadfuls, what do you think about uh, *Malignant*? Because this is a very recent movie. Um, it, overall, it got pretty positive reviews. Um, it technically made back his money, um, and it, it and it's like it's like this the tip of the spear of Juan trying to strike out more on his own and like do more original stuff which again i love just like stick to like one element you know what i mean uh we shall see <laughs> uh. on that note thank you for listening to another episode of left for dread our amazing new cover art is by liz van hooty our intro and outro music is from pandemic sound please don't forget to rate review and subscribe everything helps you can listen to us on apple Podcasts, stitcher soundcloud and spotify every other friday you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Left 4 Dread Pod. You can find us on Facebook. You can check us out on our website, leftfordread.com. And finally, 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 don't forget to check out our merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in our bio and will be in our show notes. Yes, and thank you so much for listening. And, uh, uh, and uh, stay tuned for our next episode. And don't forget, stay dreadful! Who are you, Gabriel? Who are you? Oh, oh, no, no!